0: Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast, with your hosts, Kyle Borgannoni and Matthew Betts.
1: Welcome in, October 4th, on the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Borgannoni, and I am joined, as always, oh wait, it's Jason.
0: Oh, baby. I'm here, I'm excited to be, I've been trying to get back on the Fantasy Footballers DFS podcast forever, and now, thank you, Kyle.
1: You know, we've been talking to HR, which Mike revealed last week on this podcast was him. That is true. And, you know, we've had to pull some strings, it's mostly just the fact that Betsy doesn't want to show up to work recently.
0: Yeah, that guy is, if I know anything about Bets, having worked with him, you know, closely for... A couple of years now is just such so lazy, just a mu- uh, lack of work ethic. Uh, he's a bum. Uh, and so, yeah, he t- this morning he wakes up, he says, I'm sleepy, <laughs> do the show. I'm like, wow, that's crazy.
1: You think he's on his high horse after he got sent to Vermont on a special assignment from corporate and he just had a rough weekend, doesn't want to join us? Maybe he's actually depressed
0: because. There was snow in Vermont before he got there. And there projects to be snow this coming week. But while he was there, he took the snow away. He brought too much sunshine to Vermont.
1: Hopefully he can get that model working because right now we're getting reports that it is going to snow. We're going to probably talk about Derrick Henry today, talk about the rest of the main slate for week five. But bets he's down for the count right now. He'll be back hopefully on Friday if you want to join us there, you can get all of our picks, our DraftKings, our FanDuel, our roster percentage report in the DFS Pass. If you want to use the promo code DFS Pod, you can save some money. And Jason, this is Bets's line every single time, but he always says that we're we're robbing ourselves because of how cheap this product is, and it's something you use too. So, do you want to go on record and say the company's just losing tons of money on this?
0: Um, I will say I will. I'll be honest, no jokes. It is criminally undervalued. It, it's it's one of those things where we have always said that our DFS wing is DFS for the rest of us. Like, that's always been our slogan. It's not for the uh, professional sports gambler who's spending, you know, $500 a month on these tools and stuff. We want it to be for people who play fantasy football, who love playing the game. Um, and, and so we've, we've basically set it at a really dumb price point for this industry but we we don't you know i i i love that i love that people can get in and you guys genuinely have been crushing it you and bets have put out such good content people the foot clan have been making money and winning tournaments winning cash games and uh, i i use the tools there every week so i i love it if you don't have it yet i mean i i assume if they're listening to this podcast they have the dfs pass they're smart but if you don't, if if you're just finding this for the first time, um, yeah, I mean, I, I would I would definitely get the DFS pass over at the fantasy footballers. It's not a lot of money, and you get a lot of value.
1: Yeah, and the great thing is it's not a monthly reoccurring fee like a lot of sites. So one time only, and we have a lot of people that it pays for itself in one weekend. So you can go to dfspass.com if you want to be a part of that. But let's talk about our cash lineups from this last week. <laughs>
0: Straight cash, homie.
1: So <sighs> I had a rough week. And rough in the sense that when I came in the studio on Monday, you even like gave me some condolences. Like, hey, I, I saw what your lineup did.
0: Yeah. So Well, we were in a, a game against each other, so I, I got to see firsthand from I was way up there. I was looking down at your lineup and I but I could see it still.
1: L- let's just put it this way. This was the second lowest score I've put up in the last three years. And A lot of it was due to me looking at a lineup and having a lot of chalk pieces. I think last week, a lot of people played Cleo Herbert, Jamal Williams in your roster. Uh, Stephon Diggs is somebody I paid up for that hasn't really worked out the last two weeks. And then my biggest, I would say faux pas, was not playing Saquon, but getting up to Jonathan Taylor, who had the worst game of his career. Yeah,
0: I mean, people that played Jonathan Taylor and Stephon Diggs last week, you cannot fault the process. The process was sound it didn't come to fruition. I don't think anybody saw um, you know, the, the, the Titans who were going into the week as one of the worst run defenses in the league, shutting down Don, Jonathan Taylor, and then Jonathan Taylor getting injured and exiting the
1: game. It, it was one of those things where there's a couple of players that if you didn't have them in your roster, then you were going to get buried in cash, and one of those was TJ Hawkinson. My final tight ends that I was choosing from was TJ Hawkinson, David Njoku. I chose wrong, but That's what it comes down to. If you have a differentiator and that was a score that is not normal to get 40 points on DraftKings from a tight end, then you were likely buried. If you played someone like Marcus Mariota, instead of paying up for, for a different player at quarterback, that also hurt. So the thing about cash is there's only a couple decisions each week that you have to make, and if you choose wrong, then it ends poorly. So it was super poor for me, but any takeaways from you from your roster this past week and and how you did in a fantasy face off.
0: Uh yeah, I uh, roster was pretty good. You're you're right. There were those handful of players you just kinda had to have. Thankfully I I I hit most everywhere else, despite TJ Hawkinson being my start of the week uh, on the fantasy footballers. I went with David Njoku in our in our main cash lineup, um, which he didn't do bad. It was, <laughs> no, it was, he not, was fine. He was a good uh pick for the price, but obviously he wasn't Hawkinson. Uh,
1: but yeah, no, I I I think the lineup overall, top to bottom, performed pretty well. I I would be coming on this podcast just being twenty times sadder thinking about my catch lineup, if not for hitting on our Rashad Penny call this past. Oh week. yeah. I here's the thing, dude. You've been in the depths with Penny for years and years and years. He's very good. And I remember you won a dynasty championship with him last year. I did. And this past week, he was one of those players, if you were stacking that game, Seattle and Detroit, and you had Rashad Penny, uh, it definitely paid off handsomely. In fact, the Millie Maker, did you see the construction of the Millie Maker lineup?
0: Uh, it was all, it was like basically all Seahawks and Lions.
1: Yes, they had four Lions in their roster, which is like, that, that doesn't happen. In fact, we, I look back at data over the last five years, no one has won with four players on their same team. I don't want to criticize someone for
0: winning the Millie Maker, right? Yeah, I mean, who am I? They're they're the Millie Maker winner. But they, they played that lineup, what, like 32 times? Yes. You don't need to – it's just dumb. You don't need to – it was the only one. You had such a unique roster. It was the only one. Nobody else split with him. He So he's just making burning entry money. Like, it's really dumb. But he just, congratulations.
1: He just said, I want all the money. I don't want anyone else to get even close – to first place. And yeah, it was a pretty weird construction, but luckily we had a lot of listeners that had penny. And then our big uh, wager that was actually in the DFS pass was Rashad penny to lead uh, the week in rushing. It was at plus 3000. So that covered a ton of my losses because it wasn't a great week for me in cash, but I made money because of that. When you, when you win on a plus
0: 3000 bet, it feels real good.
1: No, it's, and I'm getting messages from people saying, who is that person this week? it's probably not going to happen again. Like that is that is I think it was mostly a process of that was just undervalued and I don't understand why they set the line. Naim Hines had a better line than Rashad Penny.
0: Yeah, stay tuned for Friday. Uh Friday's episode uh Kyle is going to announce his incredible pick this week and I can't wait. You know that I I, I can do that each week. How do you I, like that pressure?
1: I want people to bet their their houses on it.
0: Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. We want That's what we're looking for. We want people to Either double up or go homeless.
1: I want people to take it as seriously as like Fast and Furious, where you're racing for slips, like for your car. Yeah. I want I want that level of excitement. So if, if you want to do that, do it. Uh, I'm not. But let's talk about Week 5. State of the main slate. Each week, we refer to the Lions in DraftKings Sportsbook. It's where Betts and I play. Let's check in with a wager, and I'm going to give you one that was off the board. And... I don't think when Betts and I were walking through the team totals in May and June that I thought this would come to fruition, but I have a wager of the Giants to make the playoffs and they are 3-1 and right now. Wow, that's crazy. Well, what's crazy is we did a podcast right after the draft and we found a stat that every year over the last seven years, there is a team that picks in the top 10 that wins their division. Yeah, that next year. And we were looking at the teams. We thought maybe the Giants have the best shot. We didn't know the Eagles were going to be this good, but we we just said, hey, well, let's take a shot on the Giants. They have a softer schedule. Was that the only team you took a shot on Uh, to make the playoffs? Yeah. (laughs) No, I'm saying the
0: Jacksonville Jaguars. Did you happen to go that that route? I did not. That that would have been the one just because, you know, seemingly weak, crumbly division, like the two top teams there rely on, you know, a question mark in Derrick Henry with his age and Matt Ryan, and then you have the path forward of a young superstar, number one overall draft pick quarterback if he takes a step forward, that would have been my bet.
1: Two two good bets. I definitely thought the Colts would be at least average at best. Like, I thought they were the best team in this division. They've also dealt with a lot of injuries. Uh, Shaq Leonard's going to be out this week on Thursday night, so that team is just done terrible but any wager for you this past week that went well this
0: past week and every week if you want to bet alongside us know this we have an Evan McPherson over one and a half field goal bet every single week if the if I mean that's pretty much it's our fun time around this studio we basically all get in on that and we print money with him getting two field goals every week
1: you know, it's been 10 weeks in a row. That's when he's hit. The, that's what that's he's done. What it feels like. <laughs> the crazy thing is, is it's going to they're going to raise the line because they're giving it to us at one and a half. I feel like and it's only been at like minus 120. There was a week where it was plus money for us. And that was just like they do play on Sunday night um, against the against the Ravens. So it's a different matchup this week. But I mean, we're going to hit it again. We're going to go right back to it. Let's talk about week five. I came on here and was ready to talk about the games that are exciting this week that are over 50 points, but we don't have any this week, Jason.
0: Not on the main slate. Uh, I think there's one game over 50 this week, and uh, we can't play it on
1: on DraftKings. It's Raiders and Chiefs. That's going to be on Monday Night Football as a 51 total. There is a couple of games that are meeting that kind of threshold of 47, 48 points. Betts and I always refer to this, but when we looked at lines for games that are in that 47 to 49 range of the last two years... They've hit the over 57 percent of the time, so there's some sneaky games in here. I think our context is we don't have the 50 plus, but let's talk about these games uh, that are close to that. We have Philadelphia and Arizona at 49 and a half, Tampa Bay at Atlanta 48, the Chargers at Cleveland 47 and a half, and then Buffalo is a massive 14 point home favorite against Pittsburgh that total is at 47. So it is so funny to have
0: a game line at 47. You're talking about the overall line of the game is really good, but one team's implied total is terrible.
1: That the fact that Buffalo is 14 I mean 14 points is massive in today's NFL. If they if this was at Pittsburgh, what do you think the line would be?
0: Oh man, probably
1: 10 and a half, probably, uh, more than that. I mean, it's Kenny Pickett. It's, I think there's a lot of actually valuable pieces because people are going to want to stack that Buffalo side and say, I want three pieces. The question is, who are you taking from Pittsburgh? I feel like a lot of people to want to play George Pickens this week after what he did this past week. So it's an interesting game, but when there's onslaught builds like that, the temptation is to find somebody cheap from the other side. And often it's just, you know, the Bills win by 20, 25. Like, th- those are the kind of games. So make sure we don't chase those.
0: I am curious your take on the Philadelphia Eagles coming to Arizona, and here's why. When I looked at this slate of games and started seeing which games do I want a piece of, which games are am I worried about, I flagged that game as a game that to me would be hitting the under as a trap game. That's how I flagged it. Betts, who is not here, but it has you know done work in this uh, show doc, he has flagged this game for the opposite. He likes this game. He likes the Eagles. Now, you peel back the curtain. I am an Arizona Cardinals fan, an Arizona native. Betts is a Philadelphia Eagles fan. And so I'm wondering if our personal – you know, we, we do this professionally. All of us here, this is what we do for a living. We try to have all of our analysis be unbiased, but I'm so – surprised that we see this game so opposite and and I have to recognize that those are two truths about me and bet so where do you land on because the Arizona Cardinals defense you look at the defense and if you look at the course of the four-week season it's bad but it's primarily bad because of what the Chiefs did in week one right destroying them from about, you know, quarter 6 on the rest of the season. They've actually been pretty solid. I don't know how they're doing it without talent, but they have not been a uh, a good defense. So, I'm worried about this being more of a trap. I know Arizona historically is not good at hitting the overs on high lines because it's a fake good offense. People, you know, around the country think Cliff Kingsbury is an offensive mastermind. He's a dummy. Um uh, but I respect the heck out of bets, and I, uh, I'm i curious where you land.
1: So you brought up that they played Kansas City, and that was just a destruction. This past week was Carolina, which barely has an NFL offense. Right. So you've kind of gotten both ends of the spectrum. I will say this about, about Arizona. They cannot rush the passer, or at least they have the fewest sacks in the league, and that makes a huge difference this week. I think that Philadelphia has the best offensive line that they're going to face. There's so many parts of this where I can just stare at them. Also, Arizona's terrible at home. Just, that is true. Just really it's laughably bad at home.
0: 10 and 10 and 1 in their last 11 road games. That's usually a good number that is always associated with home games because who goes 10 and 1 on the road? But man, I think it's because the Arizona Cardinals, the players, the human beings, they know we hate them. <laughs> and so when they're here, they're like they're they 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 have the pressure of knowing the fans think that they're not a good organization.
1: I think based on the stats that people are going to see in their, you know, in their apps, they're going to see Arizona coming into last week, they were giving up the highest expected points per pass attempt. I mean, it was just atrocious. I think this is going to be the most popular game. You do. Uh, In terms of DFS perspective, like the way people are stacking, they're going to look at this and say, Jalen Hurts had a down week this is going to be really easy for him. And then on the Cardinals side, it's kind of easy to figure out who you want to stack, like who you want to bring back. Is it Hollywood or is it Zach Ertz? So I think it's more of the sense of people approach this game and say, this seems pretty straightforward. Eagles are the best team in the league. They're undefeated. The Cardinals have a bad defense. I'm going to play two pieces from the Philadelphia side, bring it back with somebody on Arizona.
0: Sure. That, that makes sense. Um, I, I feel like the, the most stacked game, uh, is is going to be the uh, Baltimore Ravens, Cincinnati Bengals, just because you have you have big pieces that you hope will go back and forth. You know the the Burrow, Lamar, um, you know, put them up. But I don't know. I almost wanted to call that one a trap game. I don't think I'm I'm not willing to do that because Baltimore Ravens defense is still pretty injured. Uh, but if you look at the last four games that these two division mates have played. The Bengals haven't haven't
1: scored a ton of points. What are you laughing at? What if I told you this game is on Sunday night? Oh, well then that makes it much easier. <laughs> it's a trap, I tell you. Um I I think I think when I look at this slate and I look at the games that people want to, we don't have a fifty point total, so people are just gonna lean into whatever teams have a giant team implied total. It's gonna be the Bills at thirty and a half, it's probably gonna be the Buccaneers who we'll talk about that game, we'll talk about Tom Brady because they are set up to just smash against the Falcons. But I, I think people want multiple pieces from the Buffalo-Pittsburgh game. I think we have to figure out the injury situation of the wide receivers. If there's going to be value for Isaiah McKenzie, if he's in, uh, there, there's some pieces there I still don't know what to do with Gabe Davis. Like I, I'm terrified to play Gabe Davis in any format right now, whether it's redraft. Even in a GPP, like, am I going to get more than five targets? So, I want to play as many pieces as possible, but other than Diggs and Allen, I can't be confident in him. I mean, Dawson Knox doesn't have a touchdown. He hasn't really showed up either.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's the bringing it back part that I think is hard. You can, you know, Pickens is um, someone that people like. He was heavily targeted, but rookie on rookie against the buffalo bills defense i don't expect that to go well you're not going to pay up for Najee if you're expecting a blow up from the bills so to me the tampa bay buccaneers that game with the falcons that's where you're talking about all the bucks pieces and it's easy to bring bring back a drake london or an affordable running
1: back because of the injury to cordero patterson yeah i i'm obviously very pessimistic the same way that you feel about arizona that you, when someone talks about them, it's immediately some pessimism behind it. That's how I feel about the Falcons. I feel like we're in a good spot together Yeah. to, like, even when we win. Like, Falcons won this past week. It's kind of, like, a little disappointing.
0: Yeah, well, because you need a quarterback, and that's going to hurt your chances.
1: I mean, we're just going to stay and run the ball 14 straight times every single time. What would you say is the sneakiest game on this slate? In other words... You're looking at the total, you're looking at the matchup, and say, hey, there could be some fireworks.
0: There's two games that I really like for a sneaky high over-under. Uh, one is the Jaguars-Texans. We've seen a couple of, you know, there's another divisional game, and sometimes those are uh dragout drag-out fights, but I went and I looked at their history recently, and it's like every third or fourth game just goes wild. This is a team in the Jaguars that their offense looks healed from the Urban Meyer situation. Uh, they're coming off of, you know, a tough road loss in the rain to the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. And the Texans should be a nice salve. And, and you know, the Texans themselves tend to fight their way back into these games so far this year. Um, Even if they're losing early, which they're not always losing early in these games, um, they, they fight back. So I like that one quite a bit. And the Chargers Browns, this is this is a game where I I'm I'm most confident in hitting the over here. The Chargers' offense is only going to be getting better. I don't know if we'll have Keenan Allen back or not, but the rib issue for Herbert is not going to get worse and worse over time. It's getting better and better. Austin Eckler looked legit. Mike Williams was very involved. There's a lot of pieces to have, and the Browns' offense. <clears throat> you know everyone <clears throat> wants to. Say, oh, I don't, I don't want a piece of the Jacoby uh, Brissett version of the Browns' offense, but they've been putting up points. They
1: have not been a bad offense. I was shocked that they didn't just run over Atlanta. I mean, they had some issues in the red zone, and that's the only reason they didn't win. But I, I think, I think the Browns are better than you think. Their record doesn't show it, but because they've lost to what the Jets and the Falcons. They
0: lost to the Jets in a blowout victory over the Jets. They, they, they blew Impressive. them out. Two minutes to go. They're up by multiple scores. The the commentators, if you don't remember, this is a couple weeks ago. The commentators, the graphics team were already putting up the records. The game was over, and then it was um, obviously they they did not, but they did not win the game. The Jets had an improbable, crazy comeback with a couple bomb passes and a onside kick, and they lost the game. But they really did beat the tar out of the Jets that game.
1: I like that chargers Cleveland called. I looked this up because, weirdly enough, these two, two, two teams played last year, week five, in Cleveland. So same exact matchup, same exact spot, and the game was 47-42. Oh, yeah, baby. So I it's weird. There's some scheduling stuff this year where two teams that obviously aren't in the same division are playing each other and they're playing the exact same spot. like the same. It's not like they've switched and they're playing in L.A. this year. so we,
0: we get a couple more opportunities to have those happen with the 17-week schedule. It's like that extra game they get to play around with the schedule.
1: I'm going to say Seattle and New Orleans just because of how much Geno Smith has at least been able to do what he gets to do. Tyler Lockett's been unbelievable. DK Metcalf's been unbelievable. And the Saints have been pretty banged up on an offense standpoint. Maybe they'll get Jameis back. We know Seattle's defense is bad. Uh, That totals at 46, so I feel like it's in that sweet spot where, hey, it could hit the over and you can get some goodness there.
0: If Jameis is there, I like it. If if it's Dalton, uh, Dalton was serviceable. He he wasn't terrible. Um, but yeah, I mean, I have a hard. I just really keep disbelieving Geno Smith. Like I, 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 you're not wrong, but I, but I might be right. Like he he has done nothing. Like, a lot of times, it's wacky plays. Uh, A player is way over expectation for what the play design calls are, are, you know, are. But that's not the situation with Geno Smith. He is being called on a high number of designed runs. He's, you know, he's hitting the players where he needs to be hitting. He's running this offense very well. There's no reason to, you know, doubt Geno after the four-week sample other than, Gino, old Gino, you know what I mean? Like the flame out Gino, second round draft pick who sucked. Cause really you can't ask him to do much more than he's done so far this year.
1: This will be a tough test in new Orleans. I mean, the last two weeks, Atlanta, Detroit, not good. week two, he bottomed out against the 49ers. That was just an ugly affair, but we'll get to see. I think he's cheap enough. We'll mention him later in cash. If you have the stones to do it, you can do it. But before we move on, let's take a quick break all right we're gonna move into a couple other categories here which game do you feel like jason you want to be a bit underweight on and is it more of a game theory approach or just you didn't like what you saw out of Matthew Stafford.
0: Uh, this is less of a game theory approach, more of a NFL rosters uh, approach. The Rams Cowboys game; those are two popular teams. People love the Rams. They love Stafford and Cup. They love uh, the you know America's team and the Cowboys. And I think most people look at this and they think, "Well, there is two good offenses," but I don't believe that. I think there's zero good offenses in this game, and I think there's two decent defenses. The Cowboys' defense is outstanding, and their pass rush is such an advantage over the Rams' atrocious offensive line right now. We just saw the 49ers absolutely decimate the Rams' offensive line. The Cowboys have the ability to do that, too. So if the Rams aren't able to score, and you've got Cooper Rush, you know, kind of... uh, back his way into mediocrity. I just don't think this is going to be a game that I want. Uh, if if this game ends you know, with 41-42 total points, I'm not going to be winning GPPs from this matchup.
1: Yeah, the line has moved down. It's now at 43 and a half, so I can totally see a scenario where this game ends up in that range you talked about. Uh, it's kind of hard outside of Cooper Cup on the Rams and maybe Tyler Higby, who I think will be a popular yeah, Higbee's play. Yeah, Higby's good. It's, it's really hard to get different in this game. So I don't mind that. We'll talk about the Cowboys, too. Their defense on DraftKings is just egregiously priced.
0: Uh, I love it. it. You know what it reminds me of? The Titans last week that was egregiously priced identically. And uh,
1: both, that was, that was a great play. I have on here Detroit, New England. I think people will chase last week. They will chase Detroit in their matchups. And I don't know who the quarterback will be right now for New England. So there's a lot of question marks there. I also think that could be one of those ugly games, and I kind of trust Bill Belichick at home to, I would say, put a stop to having Jared Goff be as efficient as he's been.
0: When I was building a cash lineup, I just looked at all these Detroit options, these you know cheap or having been good options, and I could not pull the trigger. I just couldn't click the like plus button because in New England,
1: they can't stay this hot, right? They can't. And if Amon Ra is out again, which we don't we don't have that information yet, then I'm going to be pretty much fading all lines. I think Jamal Williams is still going to project fine on a volume standpoint. Uh, but people will be chasing TJ Hawkinson. I think that's a game to be underweight on. Which team this week do you feel most confident in? hitting the over of their team implied total.
0: It's the Cleveland Browns. I, I talked about the Chargers-Browns game um, that I that I really liked. The Cleveland Browns are only impl- implied 22.3 fan- fantasy points, real uh, NFL points right now. Uh, the Chargers defense just gave up 24 to the Texans, 38 to the Jaguars the week before. They don't have Bosa. The Browns are averaging 26 points a game. They're at home. I, I, I just... This is one of those where I think the points will flow back and forth.
1: Yeah, Chargers are giving up the fourth most fantasy points to running backs, so I feel like you can take Chubb, you can take Hunt, and feel like you're going to get multiple scores. I think Hunt's do; He's had some end zone carries that just haven't converted. So I like that call as a team that's an underdog, but they're at home, mm-hmm. and it's a good matchup. Betts and I both said the Eagles leaning into that 27.5 total. I could see the game dragging if Arizona can't be efficient at all. But Philadelphia's offense ranks fourth in DVOA, number one in explosive plays, and Arizona's defense is... Um, I, need a, I need a good adjective. Just, just poop in a bag. That's not an adjective, though.
0: No, that's not an adjective. I also don't think that their defense is as bad as... I mean, we talked about this at the beginning. I don't think that the defense is as bad as the season-long rankings look. But the pass rush is legit a problem. And the, that combined with the offensive line of the Eagles, it's going to be very difficult to stop them.
1: Which team are you most confident hits the under? And by saying this, you're saying, I'm probably not going to have these guys in a lot of my lineup.
0: Yeah, it's the Giants. And I I look at Saquon as we were talking in the studio today from a fantasy perspective you're doing the draft over. Who's the number one running back? Like, we're drafting today f- going forward. It's like, is, is Saquon, right? Like, is it it's Sa- probably Saquon? He had 31 carries last week, and so I wanted Saquon in my lineups, but I have a really, really hard time trusting the Giants in this matchup. I think there's a good chance they have a backup quarterback. If they don't have a backup quarterback, if Daniel Jones is able to go, and obviously people will say, oh, he returned to the game. This is very common for ankle injuries. You return to the game, and then after the game, your ankle swells up and now it's unplayable. That is that happens all the time. And even when he returned to the game, he was not really he was barely even playing quarterback. He was like lined up out wide and they'd uh do the Wildcat option to, to Saquon, which obviously that factored into some of his thirty one carries. But if they have a backup or a hobble Daniel Jones against the Packers, I I just don't see them scoring much if at all.
1: Yeah, I I think it's hard to have any trust. A lot of people tried Richie James this past week. That didn't work out so well. I put on here Carolina. I think that they are going to get rolled at home against San Francisco. Uh, Saw this stat on Twitter, Evan Leventan. Panthers are running 53.5 plays per game this season. If that holds, that would be the lowest number for any NFL team in the last 20 years.
0: Yeah, I mean, they, they might be the reason that I think Arizona's defense isn't as bad as it seems because that's who they got to play last week, and the Panthers could do nothing. Uh, The San Francisco 49ers' defense, fully legitimate, and somehow Matt Ja Rule will have a job after this week. He shouldn't. Everybody knows it. The whole world knows it. I just don't think Carolina's going to fire him.
1: I thought you were going to say, because this is what I – when you started talking, like – this might be the reason why I quit fantasy football one day because DJ Moore is seeing enough targets and it doesn't matter. Christian McCaffrey, we barely got to see enough. They turned it on in the second half. But Ben McAdoo should not have a job. No. Why does he? Why does that man have a job, Jason? Because Matt Ja Rule has a
0: job. That's why. Matt Ja Rule wanted a he, – he is scratching and clawing to keep his job. He has just – you know how like you – you use the phrase "you swing for the fences." You know, you you're just you're just swinging as hard as you can to hit a home run, and yeah, it might pop fly, you might get out, but you're just closing your eyes, gritting your teeth, and hitting. You just need that big home run. Well, what he does is he swings for the fences, but both both directions. Once he finishes his swing, he swings it back the other way eyes closed and he's just going wild whether it's quarterback and trying to find the next job it's, it's going to be cam newton or baker mayfield or uh, someone uh darnold or whether it's your uh, offensive coordinator going from like new hotness uh he's coming up from college Joe type of guy, or no i need an experienced play caller just going back and forth the pendulum he is lost at sea he has no raft, but he is able to float on his back for longer than he should.
1: He's a big guy. He's, yeah, he's a uh, buoy. <laughs> uh, did you just confess how much you love baseball? Is that what you just did with that metaphor? That's what I heard.
0: I mean, if you got that fr- from what I just said, <laughs> All I heard was baseball. Absolutely. I love baseball. That's m- the extent of my baseball knowledge is swinging for the fences.
1: You did a good job with Thank it. All you. right. Let's talk about this week's salary standouts.
0: salary standouts
1: it's Tuesday and we get to share our initial thoughts of who stands out to us on DraftKings I'll give a couple of FanDuel caveats as well these are players to put in your pool but you need to mix and match things will change they'll have some value open up I mean there's some injuries that we still don't know the full answer to so make sure you tune into Friday's show and the DFS pass where we get to give you our actual cash and GPP picks but at quarterback it's Tom Brady I said it first, Tom Brady. Okay. I can't argue with you. He plays at home against Falcons, and he's 6K. That is jarring to see somebody who's greatest quarterback of all time at 6K, and that is so low.
0: Julio made it out of the game uninjured. I'm I'm not going to put Julio in my lineups necessarily, but he obviously helps Tom Brady. Chris Godwin made it through the game, injured during the game, came back, played. Mike Evans is back. The weapons are there. The matchup is great. And he's only 6,000. That's it's really difficult for me to not put him in. I had um, when I was making my cash lineup, I had Khalil Shakir in at one point for my flex because he was so dirt cheap. And I'm like, man, I can I can go to I can go to Josh Allen here. But I was like, oh, man, I just want to have Brady in there for 6,000. I feel like that's. That is the middle-of-the-pack play where he is very affordable. I don't see many people below him that have the same upside. Maybe a Trevor Lawrence at 5,600. Uh, you know. And then, otherwise, it's the guys at the top.
1: Yeah, he's just torched the Falcons. Four games against them, he's averaged over 30 DraftKings points. If you knew you were getting 25 to 30 DraftKings points at 6K, you'd lock that in right now. And then I had a listener, and a couple other people, point this out to me, Jason. Did you know... That Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, their implied total this week against the Falcons is 28
0: to 3, 28.3. Oh yeah. Like, of course uh, they would point that <laughs> out to you. How'd that feel?
1: Um at this point we're years removed and uh that team is dead to me. That yeah. that Falcons team has just moved on, different coaching staff, and we're just so far, but I do miss Julio. I miss oh, Julio-, Julio
0: revenge game. Gosh, I didn't think about
1: that. We won't think about that. We love Julio too much. It's like it fits played for another team. Would you be mad at Fitz? Not
0: at all. Everyone here loves Larry Fitzgerald, and we'd be happy for him to try to get a Super Bowl.
1: Let's talk about a couple of these other quarterbacks. If you didn't put Brady in there, which is I would say you and I love it for the value, Allen and Hurts are the two on this slate because we have Mahomes and Lamar Jackson are not on the slate. So Allen at 8.2, Hurts at 8.1. If you were paying up, do you have a lean between those two?
0: Between Allen and Hurts, I go Josh Allen just because... Um, their their implied point total is the highest of the week. They don't have a running game that I think could siphon the touchdowns. That's the problem with Jalen Hurts, right? Let's say the Eagles smash their over. You could have what you've had a couple times this year, right. where it's two touchdowns for Miles Sanders, uh, one for Kenneth Gainwell on the ground. I don't think you're going to have three rushing touchdowns that aren't from Josh Allen in the Bills game.
1: Yeah, those two are showing up as the best on FanDuel as well. And we would say on FanDuel, the pricing is a little different. You can pay up for one of those two. So I would probably do Allen or Hertz on FanDuel. And if you need a cheap name, we mentioned Geno Smith at 5.5. He's been dealing. You don't need him to do quite as much at that price point, but it is at New Orleans. I know we talked about him earlier. Does that matchup scare you?
0: The matchup does scare me. Uh, I think New Orleans' defense is is very good, and it's in New Orleans, so it's not going to be an easy environment mixed with the talent of the New Orleans Saints. I would go a little bit lower and go to Teddy Bridgewater if you really want to take that shot and say, uh, my only worry there is I don't know the health of Jalen Waddle. He looked like he was not at full strength, kind of limping around during the last game. But Waddle and Tyreek, we'll talk about Tyreek in a second, against the Jets – with a offensive minded head coach that can get him the ball where you need to, I I think Teddy Bridgewater could end up having a good game.
1: That game I almost put as my sneaky game of the week, Miami and New York Jets. It's at forty four and a half and there's a lot of pieces. Like I want to bring up Brees Hall right now to talk about Mm -hmm. running backs. He's fifty four hundred and it seems like he's the guy I think you can play him in cash this week.
0: I don't know how you don't play him like He is locked into my cash lineup. There's a couple of running backs that I really, really like. But Brees Hall, his opportunities have been through the roof. They've been passing it to him. Uh, His snap percentages, his running back rush attempt share, uh, target volume, everything is there. He had 17 carries last week. His efficiency is fine. And he hasn't really had his breakout game to change his price point.
1: 5,400 is a backup. I almost played him in a couple of spots this past week, but I needed one more week to just fully see it. I think you've seen it, and I think this is us saying you can have permission to play him in whatever format, but I think it works for cash. Another cheapy, Khalil Herbert, was pretty popular this past week. He's still at 5.9. Um, we don't know the status of David Montgomery right now, but I think that that's somebody you can put in your lineup in that same range. I'm not really, like, people are going to chase Tyler Algier going to chase some other names. I can't play him this week.
0: No, I I wouldn't play uh, Tyler Algier either. If if you want more of the in between uh, type, not paying up for the Derrick Henrys and uh, Austin Ecklers of the world, but not going all the way down to um, you know that level, I, I would say James Robinson against Jacksonville uh, or, or uh, at home at, in Jacksonville against the Houston Texans, who are the worst against the run. James Robinson got game scripted out this last week, and that was a fear we brought up on the main show. It was that, look, He if if you're down, you're going to have more Travis Etienne on the field. Now, Travis Etienne didn't do much with it, but he did take the opportunities away from James Robinson. I don't think they're going to be down much at home against Houston.
1: You think that James Robinson is one of those players where if you guess the game script right, which you know I think in this one we'd say, okay, well, they're projected to win. Then he's probably going to end up close to fifteen fantasy points. Maybe get—I mean, good bet to get in the end zone. Like, is he one of those players where last week, like you said, we said, "I don't like the matchup. It's in the rain. It's against Philadelphia." Is it just going to kind of ping pong between those each week?
0: Yeah, I, I think it will. I—I don't—I—I—I I, I believe that the Jacksonville Jaguars will win this division, barring what whatever Vrabel can do. I don't bet against Vrabel, so I'm not betting that. Uh, but but right now it seems. Likely, but it's probably going to ping-pong through weird situations. They're going to lose games that you think they should win and win games you think they should lose. There's still the Jaguars.
1: All right, other names just to mention the 6K range. Jamal Williams only went up $200, and if he's the lone guy, we know that he sees the workload that we like. He's playing at New England. Leonard Fournette. I'm probably locking in either Fournette or Brady in my lineup, no matter what, as such a huge home favorite against the Falcons. He's 6.9. That is a very nice price. I like that a lot. Austin Eckler at 7.8 is another name that you should monitor. I mean, he came through in the touchdown department, which we've been waiting on, and Cleveland is a good matchup. So those are kind of our early favorites. Uh, The studs this week, I think, come with a couple of different just red flags. Like if I'm playing Derrick Henry, I'm probably going to play him in a GPP. I'm probably going to play him in a massive tournament where I'm going to get him He's not someone that I said I have to have in my lineup, but I know you feel differently.
0: No, no, I actually don't feel differently. I I feel very similar. I do currently have a roster build in a cash game with Derrick Henry in it, just because there are some affordable options that allow for you to spend up somewhere. And that's not in, in cash so far this year. That's been Josh Allen or sp- spinning up at the quarterback, but I don't have to right now because of Brady at 6,000. So that's where I am looking for one of those top end running back options this week. And I, uh, if I had to put my money on one of those guys, it would be Derrick Henry right now this week. One other cheap option at five thousand below his running back teammate is Raheem Mostert against the Jets. Uh, Chase Edmonds, who is the clear backup by opportunity right now, is fifty two hundred. So I think you know you're you're getting the price point of Mostert not having scored touchdowns yet, right?
1: And what seventy two percent of the snaps last week? Like he was. He's the dude you want, and Edmonds has just been the one falling in the end zone. So that's another name to monitor. Wide receiver, we get a couple of different players this week that I think are criminally underpriced. I need to bring this up first on FanDuel because on FanDuel, I don't know why, but it's because he was on Monday night, but Debo Samuel is only 7.3 against Carolina. That is a... Massive undervalued. I mean that's the biggest on the board that I'm seeing of just they didn't move his price before the game. He has a great game. So Debo Samuel Fanduel is awesome. But Cooper Cup, it's really hard at this point to argue, especially after 14 receptions. If you want to pay up, you can continue to do it and he won't fail you. But there's a lot of guys in that five to six K range that I think is going to end up in builds because I think people are going to pay up at quarterback. I think they're going to find eight, maybe t- at least two of these guys here that want to put on the lineup. So whether that's Tyreek at 8K, I love Chris Olave this week.
0: He is, he's one of those locked-in guys for me. At 5,700, he was good last week with a backup quarterback. He's going to be better this week and every week thereafter. I mean, 5,700 just – I was scrolling through the names, scrolling through the names, and he st- stood out like,
1: what are you doing here? against Seattle like it's yeah the matchup's perfect so I think he's gonna be in lineups in the same game Tyler Lockett is 5.6 I don't understand why his price dropped it dropped $300 like DK had a good game but Lockett was fine like he's seeing eight targets you know 11 targets 11 targets like he's seeing the volume you like so I think he's another play in that game if you wanted to correlate those two in a tournament totally fine with that correlated with DK um any other names that stand out to you at wide receiver?
0: Um, I want to echo the Tyreek Hill. I think he is probably the guy that I would pay up for this week because I think he's going to have a lot of manufactured touches with the questionable health of Jalen Waddle. I would point out Terry McLaurin. Scary Terry has been disappointing so far this year. The matchup is good against Tennessee and Jahan Dotson is gone. Jahan Dotson is really the one that uh, has been taking the targets away from Terry McLaurin. It's not Curtis Samuel. They, they, they've, they've, run different areas of the field, right? Curtis Samuels, the short yardage, slot type of guy, he's got his thing going, Manufactured touches out of the backfield. Terry McLaurin is the, I'm looking down the field, and and Jahan Dotson is the same, and so I think that Terry McLaurin at 6,200, you could take a shot there. Chris Godwin at 5,900 is another, uh, I think, really nicely priced player as well.
1: I stared at Godwin in my cash lineup like, okay, if I'm playing Brady, do I want to stack him with somebody like Godwin who also has historically killed the Falcons because he's I mean that's just a great price right there. So And then the last guy, it's one slot
0: and I feel like you have to have this in there. It, 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 at least in cash. Um Isaiah McKenzie slash uh cool. Sha- yeah. Do you have a Do you have
1: a name yet? Are you still workshopping? I'm still
0: workshopping. Right now, I'm uh, Tupac Khalil Shakira. <laughs> so we're 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 clearly still workshopping this. Um, but it really just comes down. We won't we won't know this until later in the week. But the concussion protocol and how it's trending for Isaiah McKenzie. Uh, right now, he's in the concussion protocol. If he plays, I think at five thousand without Jamison Crowder. For the implied team total for Buffalo, heck yeah, I'm putting McKenzie in my lineups. If he's out, you probably have an even better value right. with Shakir at a, a you know almost basement price of what is he 3,200?
1: Right. It's that, that's insane. Yeah, I want to play Shakir really bad, and I know a lot of people will have him in their lineup. He's the clear punt play. He saw two targets this past week, and like he stood out to me when they used him. I, I actually was like, wow, this guy can move. This guy's this guy's good. Fifth rounder out of Boise State. Um, I wish we got some clarity because it feels like McKenzie plays, they're going to keep splitting the snaps, and then it's not as great long-term. But he's the cheap punt play. I'm sure there will be more throughout the week. At tight end, are people going to chase TJ Hawkinson, whose price went up $800, plays at New England? Of course they're going to chase TJ
0: Hawkinson. That wasn't a good performance. That was the seventh best tight end performance in the history of football uh for fantasy uh, points. So, yeah, I mean, people will chase should they? Maybe. Like uh, at 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 4900. It's fine. Yeah. You're still not breaking the paint. You, you know, this isn't you're not paying 6000 for a tight end. I like to punt tight ends more often than not and find that value that I can put elsewhere. So, even though he's only 4900 for, only, air quotes he is the second-highest-priced tight end on the board because a lot of the big daddy, you know, your Kelsey and Mark Andrews...
1: They're off the slate.
0: They're not on the slate. So he's expensive relative to other tight ends, and you have to factor that in from a game theory standpoint because even if you go, well, oh, he's less than most other people have or, or most other weeks, it doesn't matter. Nobody's Nobody is spending 6000 at the tight end position this week. They can't. Um, the other options... Higby at 4,300 he's leading the NFL in targets right now you know in a full PPR you could do worse I'm still rolling with David Njoku in a lot of lineups as well
1: yeah there's a lot of guys in this range because it's not a great week for tight ends uh Pat Fryermuth. I'm totally fine with that at 4.1 uh at Buffalo I get it's Kenny Pickett but I, I think he's gonna see enough volume
0: Tyler Conklin the matchup is not bad against the Miami Dolphins. He's only thirty seven hundred. There are quite a few. You know, sometimes when we look at the tight end position, I'm punting to someone in the twos. You know, I'm I'm looking there's just nobody I like to play at like a, a low enough value. This week it's the exact opposite. There's there's like six guys I'm happy with at tight end.
1: I'm gonna mention his name, but oh, you don't man. have to do it in cash. Yeah, I don't care. You don't have to do it in cash. But would you play, if you're playing Brady and you're stacking Brady, would you run it back with Kyle Pitts 4.4? 4. 4.
0: I would be willing to make a, a lineup that had that. I mean, I, you know, I would choose Drake London uh, on the way back. You know, if I if I had to make four lineups, he'd be in three of those four versus Kyle Pitts. But um, Is
1: it just one of those things where you're going to burn your money? You know you are. You know ahead of time.
0: Well, you know you are, but there are only a few tight ends in the world that can catch an 80-yard touchdown. Kyle Pitts is one of them. So if you're trying to win a GPP, what's amazing though is like Kyle Pitts is 4400. That's super cheap for the talent of Kyle Pitts. But he is more than Higby. He's more than Everett. More than Friermuth and Conklin and uh, all the and, and Joku and all these players that are just flat out scoring him every week. So it's a matter of, I agree with you in a GPP, a big tournament. Uh, you know, it's it's doubtful that Tyler Conklin is going to really explode. And you need the explosive upside of a Kyle Pitts. But if you're in cash, all the other guys I would put in, they're cheaper and they'll probably score more fantasy points.
1: On FanDuel, I just want to mention Tyler Higbee at 5.5. He's probably going to be one of the more popular tight ends. Uh, He's cheaper than Pitts, even cheaper than the Muth on FanDuel. And let's finish with defense. The Cowboys at 2.5 is a big mistake from DraftKings. And I think... They will be the most popular defense of the weekend.
0: Yeah, I mean, you you would expect them to like five sacks on the week is not an unreasonable thought process for that pass rush versus that offensive line and what we've seen happen to Stafford when they have faced a really good pass rush. So yeah, they're they're kind of my locked in lineup. Are there other defenses you love
1: for the price? The Jets are a hundred dollars more, I think, in a tournament. Like That's a better pivot. Like I'm not saying that you need to play Cowboys every single lineup. In cash, I'm going to lock them in, save, get the savings, and I think they have the upside. But I want to pivot in a tournament. We talk about this all the time. Chalky defenses is not something you usually want to pursue in a tournament. So I don't mind the Jets against Teddy Bridgewater. I think that's fine. On FanDuel, Washington is a giant punt play in cash if you want to go different because the Cowboys are priced up. So if you want to go Washington at 3.2K, that's near the very bottom. They're at home. So, uh, it's basically, if you want to get different in a tournament, you're going to have to pay up, like for the 49ers or pay up for the Chargers or pay up for these other teams. So, we spend down in cash. We pay up a little bit more in in GPPs and hope that we get a bunch of turnovers. I think the Buccaneers are going to be another team. If you don't want to play Brady in those stacks and you think their defense has a defensive touchdown against the Falcons, that's a way you can get different. Yeah,
0: go Leonard Fournette and the Buccaneers defense.
1: Yeah, and just correlate that way. I think that's totally fine. If you want to play with us, you can go to BallersDFS.com. It will direct you to our DraftKings League, Fantasy Footballers DFS, Borg Plus Bets. You can join the league, enter the contest every single week. You can invite your friends, including our 600-person tournament that is live right now as you're listening to it. So hop in the league at BallersDFS.com and get to join and get to play against people like Jason.
0: Jason. I'm in it.
1: Dude, thanks for joining us, man. Always. Always. All right, hope you guys have a great week, and bets will be back later on the week.
0: Maybe I might just not let him back. It's my seat now, bets. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.